It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Welcome to Moment of Truth. You are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I would like to very much welcome a returning guest to the show. David Smuckler is one of the most senior voice teachers in Canada. He's the founder and director of Canada's National Voice Intensive and teaches professional classes at Equity Showcase Theatre in Toronto. And he began his professional training at Carnegie Institute of Technology, and he was later sent uh, to Edith Skinner uh, to Teachers College, Columbia University. And he has done many things, including being the senior voice coach to Stratford Festival for nine seasons. He was part of the original faculty of NYU's Tisch School. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Tisch School at the Arts uh, and uh, for Shakespeare and Company and taught at many English drama schools, including Lambda. He established the MFA program at York University Theatre Program, where he taught. Uh, he has taught for many years. He has concluded, conducted classes, rather, at Canada's National Theatre School, the Native Theatre School, the Centre for Indigenous Theatre, and I believe he's working there this fall. Yes. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Simon Fraser University, University of Guelph, and other training institutions across the country. His experience as a voice coach spans Canada, England, the Netherlands, the United States, an entire range of theatre from classical theatre and opera, music theatre, film, television, radio, to contemporary and experimental theatre and music. David, it is such a pleasure to have you back on the program. I'm delighted to be back. And you know, I have to tell you, uh, secretly... I am always terrified to have you back on the show. Why? Because you are a voice <laughs> teacher. Oh. And we're always <laughs> analyzing voices. And I go, oh, my God, what's he think of my voice? <laughs> what am I saying? But maybe we'll get there someday. <laughs> but for right now. That, that'll be a sep- separate show. <laughs> <laughs> it will, I guess. <laughs> anyway, it, it's great to have you back. And we are, of course, smack in the middle of election time. And that leaves us with a whole plethora of voices to choose from that we can look at in terms of looking at the voices th- that we can analyze. And you can provide some analysis of, of what these leaders are, are, are perhaps saying in, in the things that we can't hear. They're saying, that yes, they're telling us words, they're, they're giving us their ideas, but underneath, what's the tone? What are the pitches? What are the delivery, the inflections? And... And, and, and those things that are telling us about the leaders of the parties. Bottom line is, they're all t- t- saying, I am the truth. I am the way to the future. Mm. I'm uh, the best choice. I have, I have the wisdom and the ability to um, get people to work together uh, as a team. Uh, But actually, what they're talking about is is economics. They're talking about always going to the topic that the local area is most concerned about. So... We really don't get an overview of how they will manage the country. Mm. So unless we have a leader who's been in the seat, what we're getting is we're taking risks. Mm. And they're trying to convince us that their sense of logic, their ability to argue a point, their ability to balance the figures uh, is better than the other team or so that we're looking at a whole culture of a way of thinking and the party in power is always in some way protecting the status quo Mm -hmm. the party the prime party out of power is saying, look how they, and I won't use the word, screwed up, mm. and uh, so so, and so they're pointing out all the faults. The third and fourth party, the 
in the, in our case now, the third party is setting up fires or putting out fires all over the place. And the fourth party is saying, all of you are not dealing with the truth of things. Here is the logic. Mm. Um, so we have, oh, so there is another party. Um, and there's a small, uh, small party uh, on the right side that's arguing. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're arguing. Okay. Except no, no immigrants. Now, be, <laughs> now, before we get to look at some, some of these people and some of their, their voices, is it fair to say that in your capacity and your line of work, that in fact these are the, the kind of people that you might see in your line of work that would come to you for assistance in terms of delivery, in terms of how to pitch uh, to an audience or how to uh, uh, get their message across? Right. I, I've actually worked with all... I've never worked with anybody in the Greens, mm. but I have worked with um, liberals, conservatives, and NDP. And um, not so much on national, mostly municipally, municipal and uh, provincial. Mm. And, it, and in many uh, an election, I've worked with all three parties. Right. I just kept one came in the mor- or morning early, the other one came middle day, and the other one came late in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and tried to keep it all mm. very separate. So how is this for you when you watch an election unfold and you see the leaders out there making their speeches, you know, throwing out what their promises are? Uh, in general, what... Are, are you always analyzing or are you able to look at something without... Uh, without analyzing behind, you know, the, 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 the veil, I guess. I don't see how anyone cannot watch or observe or listen to a political speaker without an- analyzing. Mm. I think it's our response. My feeling, it's our responsibility to be as objective as possible, to say, wow, they put out this wonderful platform, A, number A, but B is terrible. Mm. Uh, but I will go for them. I'm going to put my money behind them because of A and hope that I can, we can work around B. Now, having said that, uh, we've seen um, recently um, that the parties have sort of come out swinging. Uh, in fact, you know, the, 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 the Conservative Party got some dirt on, on, on Trudeau and launched that uh, quite happily, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how did you think that played out from your perspective? How do you think, that in general, the Conservatives dealt with that? Do, did you get a sense they were particularly proud of that? In their in their deliveries and what they were saying, and how did you think Trudeau and the Liberals handled that situation with the blackface we're talking about? Of course, this is a very awkward um, thing to look at because it is so uh, repugnant to us in this time, and but it is shocking that even 20 years ago, it was still thought as being a- appropriate to party like that. Um, I think the, the liberals handled it as best they could. Uh, it, it's, but it just smacks of the separation of the Canadian government from the people's mm. Of this, of this nation, of the cultures of this nation. And it, it just smacks of Ottawa arrogance. Mm. And the fact that the young man wasn't sensitive to it. Mm. Uh, uh, and being totally inappropriate. Mm. Uh, the fact that... He, in, it's only a couple of years ago where he put costumes on. 
uh, in India. And I can see, uh, you know, wanting to play with his children, and, and uh, but to do it in a public way is, is uh, to me, is disrespectful of cultures. Mm. And, and we're, we're looking at, at leaders who can deal not only with the cultural issues of our country, but the cultural issues interacting with other cultures, which south of the border they're having enormous trouble with. Right. So having said that, we, we talked about this a little bit. Why don't we, why don't we go to the Trudeau clip? Um, this will be Clu- uh, Trudeau apologizing for his blackface. Now, um, so we all know, you know, the story at this point and how this played out. Uh, if you can, David, please uh, listen to the clip and, and just give us a sense of, uh, from what you just said about that, that Ottawa arrogance. And, you know, Trudeau was himself said his, his own uh, upbringing, his privileged upbringing, uh, created a, an, a, a, a black hole for him uh, that, that, that he wasn't aware of. But uh, let's see if we play this. What this uh, what this sounds like. I am wary of of uh, being definitive about this because the uh, recent pictures that came out I had not remembered, uh, and I think the question is uh, how can you not remember that? The fact is I I. Uh, I didn't understand how hurtful this is to people who live with discrimination every single day. Uh, I have always acknowledged that I come from a place of privilege, but I now need to acknowledge that that comes with a massive blind spot. I have dedicated my leadership and my service to Canada to try and counter intolerance and racism everywhere I can, Uh, but this has been a uh, personally um, a moment where I've had to reflect on the fact that um, wanting to do good and wanting to do better simply isn't good enough and you need to take responsibility uh, for mistakes that hurt people who thought I was an ally who hopefully many of them still consider me an ally even though this uh, was a terrible mistake so there he is, uh, Trudeau apologizing. Uh, David, first off, does this sound like it's scripted, or do you sound like does it sound to you like he is speaking uh, from his heart? He is speaking from the moment. Mm. He is speaking. He's very much present. Uh, he's speaking from a place of incredible vulnerability. Whether I would use the term speaking from heart mm. versus mm. speaking from, on a cellular level, he is shaken. Mm. Um, and we've got to give him credit for that, that, that he's... But he, in a way, has n- very little defense. And uh, he's put it in one sentence, and I think it needs more. Mm. I think that, that there was need... For more a fuller statement, the man is a good speaker. He needed. He needed to have made a fuller statement. Okay. Um, let's stay with Trudeau for a moment, and let's hear the difference now in terms of him him uh, delivering something else. Um, we have uh, the f- the, uh, the w- we have something for him on a national uh, flood insurance program for homeowners. We also have something for him on uh, Canada's land uh, given protected status over the next six years uh, if reelected. Um, do you have a choice of one of those you'd like to hear? Which one? Let's hear the insurance. Okay. We are announcing today a six billion dollar down payment over the next three years on uh, implementation of national pharmacare, on uh, making sure that more Canadians, or all Canadians, have access to a family doctor or a health care team. Okay. 
uh, a little bit shorter, but um, just a program he's announcing, I guess, once again, if uh, re- if elected. What what do you get from that? Well, first of all, he started off, be- started off beautifully. Mm. It was a very smooth opening. And then he gets into a problem, and he does this f- fairly frequently, where he starts with fluidity, and then, as he explains, as he explains himself, he does what's called a glottal attack. He jams his vocal cords together, and he puts a uh at the beginning, and that's telling us, do you believe what, it makes me go, do you believe what you're saying? Are you worried about what you're saying? Are you trusting what you're saying? Mm. What's the issue? Mm. So anytime, anytime a speaker has to do that kind of controlling, I wonder what's going on. Mm. And it simply means maybe that he's simply wanting to be in control of what he's saying. Mm. But he's breaking it into short phrases that don't have a flow. Does that tell you that he isn't prepared or that from what you just said that he's, he's not believing what he's saying? The man taught speech and drama. <laughs> that comes up in my brain regularly. <laughs> and if that's what he taught... Hmm. At that high school mm. in Vancouver, and he didn't make or help them to make full sentences, <laughs> to have a subject and a verb and have an intention with the thought, I'm a little concerned. And I've been concerned right from the beginning with him. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here, here on this for a little bit. Does it at all impact how he delivers? Because he, perhaps his first language is French. Does that make any difference in terms of how someone approaches a... He does a, the same thing in French. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's exactly the same in French. Okay. This is just... He, I, I, I just did it. I just... I did it to go. <laughs> I just went... And I'm starting to talk before I've thought it through. I wonder about the speed of his brain. Mm. There's only one person, there's one person in this election who really has a fast brain. And we'll get to her later. Okay. But of the rest of them, I have much slower brains. <laughs> okay. Now, we should be clear that probably isn't, isn't a, uh, uh, anything negative in terms of the person's intellect, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's how they present when speaking. Mm. And there's a difference between sending a message out and waiting for how it falls mm. and listening for how it falls and the sense of, I am... Um, Am I getting it out right? Okay. And we we miss I miss the the politicians of the eighties and the nineties, the our national leaders, who all had a flow. Even though with Kretchen, sometimes we lost him completely, <laughs> but he stayed there <laughs> driving a thought through. Well, that's interesting. So does that tell you something about the people that are in charge of these parties, or does that tell you something about the times have changed and how that has affected things? What has been affected is the times have changed because everything they say now is public. Mm. There is very little time for private. Right. Good. But the number of people arriving at Queen's Park or arriving at Ottawa with skills, with absolute speaker skills, is constantly diminishing. They're smart people, good people, but we're lacking the ability to speak with an audience. How to present... When I, when I watch Queen's Park, and I'm always watching attacks... Everybody's so busy being attacking 
that the skill it seems to be the focus is on how do you attack rather than the skill on how do I put an idea across? Right. How do I sell an idea? Right. Okay. Um, let's move on to the other side of this story, I guess, then. Let's move on to uh, Andrew Scheer. Uh, he, here he is. He's slamming Trudeau. Right. We will pass the No More Cover-Ups Act to prevent corrupt politicians like Justin Trudeau from hiding behind cabinet confidentiality to escape police investigation. Cabinet confidentiality exists to protect sensitive matters of policy in order to create good policy. It doesn't exist to protect corrupt leaders. Hmm. I'm guessing that is is in regard to the SNC-Lavalin affair. Um, now the presentation, in actually his presentation, is, is smooth. The man's articulate. Uh, uh, but he he's holding in. He's holding back his. He's like his, he's holding back his power. Uh, he's talking from a place where he is an expert. And he's not sharing it out. Trudeau, on the other hand, tends to go the overboard the other way. Mm. So I, so I, I, I'm what I'm missing in that clip and I'm, so other clips that I've been watching is I miss the real warmth. Mm. I'm waiting for some. I've, I've heard two clips where there was a real warmth coming out of him. Mm. But they were not directed to an audience. They were sort of secondary. The camera was running, and mm. it was a lovely. It was a lovely relationship. So uh, he's not comfortable yet in the presentation in the battle of arguments. I, I don't know if this is off off topic, but. Uh, when we hear him talking about this pa- this passing of a bill to, you know, to prevent uh, you know leaders from from uh, not being pro, uh, you know going through do- due process and, and and those kind of things, it, it it doesn't sound to me like he's he's selling us on leading the country so much as uh, uh, going against something. Yes. One of the pro- the challenges of being the opposition is it's as if the opposition always needs to come from negative over issues which the party in power has been dealing with. So what we're looking for, we, the audience, are hope to get is some fresh positives. Mm-hmm. But we're tending to, for the moment, to get how he's responding to uh, the, the the present government. Uh, David, I don't know if this is a fair question to ask you in terms of what we're speaking about, in terms of voice and delivery and, and what that says about a person. But what you just said about coming from a negative uh, and, and, you know, trying to reach for positives. Have you ever heard a, a politician say something during an election campaign that was actually positive about another party and taking something that another party had done and either staying with it or developing it further or moving forward to with you know those kind of things because it is because we always hear about it's negative we're going to go against this we're going to stop this we're going to you know it's always and i'm wondering would that be too vulnerable do you think I'm not sure that it would be vulnerable. I think that... Political suicide? But I think it would be such a shock to us to, ha- to for somebody, for a politician to say, thank you for doing this, mm. but now we need to do this. Mm. Mm. And the, because the... And it's, I blame this this latest wave of negativity on Mr. Trump. Mm. Mm. Uh, 
and, and the fact that Mr. Trump went uncriticized during their debates three and a, three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and his behavior and what he did while Mrs. Clinton was speaking, nobody called him on it. Mm-hmm. That uh, it just set up, yeah, such a negative, and we're in this negative flow. Is it is it fair to say he actually started that? I think before, uh, even in his own leadership campaign for the party's leadership, he was yeah, doing yeah. that to people within his own party. That's right. That's right. The man works off negative, and that we're hearing that, and that's very difficult to counter to establish logical arguments because <laughs> Boris Johnson's doing that in England mm. and just the layers of negativity coming at so that we're we're feeling very attacked mm. and it's very difficult for us to listen objectively. Mm. Okay, well, let's bring things back to uh, the Canadian election and... Uh, let's hear one more from Sheer. Uh, Sheer is promising tax credit to help make homes environmentally friendly. With our plan, you'll be eligible to receive a 20% refundable credit on your income tax for green improvements to your homes of over $1,000 and up to $20,000. It could mean savings of up to $3,800 on your green renovations each and every year. This man has presented something that's quite beautiful, but he killed it by the end of every phrase. He made another point, and then he made another point. So he ended each point by going, dropping his voice down. Mm. So it sounded like this was the most awful thing that he could possibly present, and he didn't believe in it for one moment. <laughs> okay. That's great. I was furious. My reaction is fury. Mm. Mm. He's making a really good, solid plan, which he wants us to vote for, and he's killing it. As as if it's, this is the most awful thing to have to say. I don't agree with this. This is a negativity, but the conservatives have to put up with it. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that he has to say the word green every time he says he's talking about the green party. <laughs> Maybe true. <laughs> okay, well then, <laughs> we'll let people sort that out for themselves. <laughs> I, Let's, mean, I, I really, how can you follow positivity when everything mm. is being put down mm. and there's a bum and it's, <laughs> he's dropping it on the floor? Jagmeet Singh, NDP. Now, he is looking at this time to fill candidate seats So with, uh, with more women. Let's listen to this. The reason why it's taken us maybe some longer, some more time to recruit candidates is uh, I asked my team to do something different. I wanted to do things differently. And in politics, we don't see women represented enough at the federal level. And I said, we've got to change that. Jagmeet Singh, leader of the NDP party. Just before we get to him, I'd just like to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM, on, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest in the studio is David Smuckler, and he is uh, one of the most senior voice teachers in Canada, and he is helping us listen to some of the comments by our, our leaders of our parties to, as we get into this election to, to try to give us some idea of what's really being said behind their words going to be right back after a break so don't go away on element fm and moment of truth this is moment of truth i'm your host david moses my guest in the studio is david smuckler uh, so david just before we we had that uh, break there we were listening to jagmeet singh and he was talking about filling seats with more women sorry would you play that could you play that again sure um the reason why it's taken us maybe some longer, some more time to recruit candidates is uh, I asked my team to do something different. I wanted to do things differently. And in politics, we don't see women represented enough at the federal level. And I said, we've got to change that. Okay. The reason I wanted to play that again is he's doing something which 
is a, a real challenge for politicians in making presentations. They're encouraged, I, I'm assuming, they're encouraged to talk in short phrases and not to do long, complex. So he's trying, or whether he simply doesn't have enough breath mm. to do a, mm. a, a, a complete thought, or he's trying to make sure he's right and following his script. But what's happening is he's dropping everything. So he starts, so this wonderful statement that he's making, it's not building to the end of the statement. And he's breaking it off and breaking it off into short little phrases. And with a, a man or woman is having to talk in short phrases, that means they've got a heart problem or they have diseased lungs. This Nervous? is a man... Or they're so anxious, anxious about being in public, but they, there's no through line of what the thought he's trying to make. Mm. He's not staying in his power, and and he, I've heard him sometimes on radio where he's talked lovely sentences. So the man has a an ease and a presence, but he here is breaking it down and and making it into uh, less than a handful. It's a fingertip of thought mm-hmm. than the next fingertip of... Ne- That's no way to say, hey, I'm a future leader. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it sounds, so far from what we've been talking about, all the leaders suffer from some sort of this. Yes. So far. So far. From what we've been listening to. Let's uh, give him one uh, one other shot at this to listen to him. And uh, he's going to be, Jagmeet Singh will be talking about the, an east-west corridor to carry clean energy across the country. And there's a price on not acting as well. And that price is future generations who are going to feel the brunt of a climate crisis, which is going to threaten everything. And so we need to act now. And that's why we are boldly committing to real action on ensuring that there's an east-west corridor to connect the clean energy that we do have in abundance with those jurisdictions and those communities that don't have All right. That was much better. But a piece of advice to Mr. Singh and to all of them, would you please practice your speeches by whispering them? Would you please practice all the announcements you're going to make by whispering them in your closet or in your bathroom or your bedroom? And so that you're comfortable with making the presentation. They're tending to go from grabbing the stuff mm. and you're going, mm, 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 all right, I got it. Right. They're not establishing full-bodied relationship of the idea through their being to an audience. Mm. They're just putting it into their heads and, and pushing it out. Their job is to embody a truth, Mm. not to have it be an intellectual circuit. Interesting. Okay, we have uh, one other person to listen to, which we haven't heard from yet. This is uh, Elizabeth May, the leader of the Green Party. And uh, we'll listen to this one first. She wants more Green MPs elected to hold for the next government. It is certainly my deepest hope that Parliament, after this election, is not a majority government of any of the major parties. They can't be trusted. We need to have a minority Parliament with lots more Greens elected so that we can make sure people keep their promises. Thank you. (laughs) She's talking in fuller phrases Mm. than anybody else. Mm. I watched a clip on the weekend of... uh, her, somebody was traveling around with her, and, and, and she was talking in full sentences about economic issues, and I was going, whoa, she's the only one of them I've heard who simply sitting there talking about economic issues and, and, and with full sentences and able to go off to tell, talk about examples and come back to the main thought 
without losing us, without the gaps. So she was able to breathe a thought, breathe many thoughts, and and make sure they were communicating. And she was talking fairly intimately with somebody with a microphone there. Mm. But she was no, she was being photographed. So she knew it was going to go public. Mm. So she's talking to the public. I was going to make a comment, but you've kind of answered it. And that was, do you feel there's any difference in the pressure that any of these politicians are, might be feeling? For instance, as Elizabeth May, is she, she may not be thinking that she's going to form the next government. That takes some pressure off her to think a little freely or, or, and, and more able to, to not worry about as much of the other stuff uh, that the other politicians might have on their minds in moving forward. I, it's just a uh, just a thought. I'm not sure, but what's your sense of that? Uh, um, she has a different set of problems. She has to be more thoroughly on top of all the issues because she's number four. Mm. So she has to be not on top, not only on top of all the green issues, but she has to be able on top of all the other issues that are coming up so that she can move from province to province and try to establish her fourth-string party as an active voice. That's a hell of a fight. Mm -hmm. And um, my my credit to her and, and, uh, and, you know, and a credit to, to Mr. Shear and Mr. Singh. They have all... Three of them, uh, Singh is just moving, is just moved into leadership, and uh, Mr. Shear is fairly fresh to the leadership, so they're not as experienced in making the public presentations um, as uh, M- Mr. Trudeau is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Elizabeth May, once more, she's uh, focusing on help for rural and remote communities. Every Canada Post office is an outreach of the federal government to every community. To make Canada Post sustainable financially, we need to expand services. Now, that was very interesting because she's obviously in a public, large public forum there, and she's having to use a technique called global attack. Uh, which is putting uh, at the beginning of things. And the fact that she's feeling she needs to do that worries me. Mm. Mm. And that's partially woman fighting against the men, fighting through the men. Mm. Um, But part of that is, I want you to know I'm a strong cookie. Mm. And I, I really get upset when people feel they have to grab their throat and jam it to, to make to state power. Okay. Uh, Trudeau has actually been doing it lately in a, a quieter way, and Mr. Scheer does it all the time. I, I noticed in Trudeau when he delivers, he does pause a lot with the ahs, ah, ah, ah. He says that a lot, yes? And <laughs> I'd like to know who his teacher was. <laughs> <laughs> He certainly didn't learn that from Papa. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, am I correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and it it does um, make me wonder a little bit about because, as you say, he he delivers fairly well. It would be nice to hear it without all the Oz in it. it. Many times when I have sat with elders and listened to them make arguments and talk about issues which they deeply feel. And there's that slowness Mm. and that depth. I don't hear, uh, I don't hear uh, that, that insecurity of thought. What I hear is the body breathing Mm. down and speaking from not only the personal, 
but the collective experience of the people. Mm. And I'm constantly in politics wait to hear that. The silence is, is filled with that. The, yes. That they're breathing mm. into the cellular system of the human body mm. what, it, what the thought means. And it doesn't have to be a long, not long thought, but just that sense that somebody is speaking from their very being, whether it's totally an intellectual thing or whether it's deep in the roots. But I want to hear the whole body. Mm. So we have two more clips to play. One is one more is Elizabeth um, May, and that's because we're going to set that up to run into the next uh, the next clip we'll hear. Lastly, so this is um, Elizabeth May supporting Jody Wilson-Raybould. I'm here to honor the highest level of ethical conduct. I'm here to honor courage. I'm here to honor integrity. That's uh, short but sweet and sounded very connected to me. She sounded, she was coming from, from, for me, what I heard was a person coming from a very, uh, very uh, strong position. I'm so moved by the emotional connection, her thoughts, her ethics, but why is she tightening her throat? Ah, mm. ah! Uh, uh, it's called a glottal attack. Mm. That's a way of saying, Mister. All of them are doing it, Mister. Sheer, not Mister. Sheer. Um, Mister. Singh is doing it the least. Mm. But it's a way of stating I feel things, I sense things. Mm. I am desperately trying to be in control. Mm. And she's so clearly emotional mm. about what she is saying and, and, and her, her feelings as a politician, as a woman, as, a, as an ethical point. But why do they need to grab their throats and kill the emotion? Mm. Okay, interesting. So we have one other woman. Now, she's not a national leader, uh, but she was, of course, associated with the, the uh, federal government and the liberals, and she's now running as an independent, um, and that is uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. So uh, she's out in the West Coast, of course, Vancouver, and she's uh, running for uh, Vancouver Granville. So this is her as an independent person running for uh, a seat. All of us being here tonight demonstrates we all want a different way of doing politics where people actually work together to confront complicated challenges, the complicated challenges that we face. Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, kicking off her campaign for Vancouver Granville. And again, just to reiterate, she is not a national leader. Uh, so we're not looking at this particular uh, voice from that regard but just as a, another voice to hear and certainly a second woman's voice to hear in this uh, analysis. And it's the smoothest, fullest, vo almost the fullest voice of the lot of them. Mm. And uh, why she's talking in short phrases, uh, that's the, probably the situation, but I've heard her speak in much longer phrases without having to <coughs> grab her throat in there. Uh, she has, she and Elizabeth May have the best sense of logic mm. and can argue a point with m greater uh, fullness mm. and less political anxiety than the men. And that's, that's the gift uh, that Ms. Raybould has, and I certainly wish her uh, success mm. because she, she made us listen, and she makes us listen. 
You've been listening to the voice of David Smuckler. He is one of the most senior voice teachers in Canada, and it is the third time we've had him back on the show, and it's a pleasure to have him back on the show. We're not quite finished with David. We want to talk about a few other things. So don't go away on Element FM and Moment of Truth. You are listening to Element FM, and this is Moment of Truth, and I'm your host, David Moses. My guest in the studio is David Smuckler. And David, you've, uh, I understand this fall, you are working with the Centre for Indigenous Theatre, are you? Yes. And and how is that going? How are things going? I start on Monday. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> or I start... Close enough. <laughs> but, but I haven't, it's been, it's been a number of years okay. since I have, I first worked with the Centre, then the Native Theatre School, mm. Mm. 82, 83, 85. Mm. So my, my interaction and my relationship goes back, goes back, way back. Right. Uh, as we're on the, the topic of politics today and the election, in general, David, how would you approach a politician that's coming in for some advice and some... Uh, some 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 approach for him or her to take in their campaign trail and how to approach an audience. You know, some of the things we spoke about a little bit earlier prior to the show was, uh, you know, being able to pitch to an audience and being able to read an audience, those kind of things. And uh, the, you mentioned vulnerability, I think, a couple of times. Um what happens when a politician, for instance, puts their foot in their mouth? How do they get it out? <laughs> and, or, and are they precariously close to being only able to change feet at that point? <laughs> I'm glad you got around to feet. <laughs> okay. Because actually, that's where we have to start. Mm. Every politician who's walked in to work with me, the first issue has always been, where are your feet? Because most of the time, they're in panic. And what they're doing in panic is they're throwing their weight off onto one side or the other. They're either jamming a knee and collapsing the other one. Um, they're throwing their buttocks out. They're lifting their chest. They're jamming their jaw forward. They're doing any number of panic things which they think they're hoping is making them safe. Mm. So the almost the first issue is to get them to be able to walk into any public speaking situation and put both feet on the ground, heels outside of the to feet and toes are firmly on the ground. Then they have a chance of breathing. Mm. Second is if you are fighting for something, if you're fighting without breath, you're dead. Mm. And so many of these people are going in there with the argument which they've got to make, and there's no breath, there's no life. They're fighting in their brain, from the, their brains, in their, their hands, instead of fighting from their bodies. And uh, the... Action, Queen's Park, Parliament, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it happens in every um, uh, jurisdiction across the country where the politicians are so busy fighting each other that they're not allowing themselves to breathe their own power. And if they're not breathing, they're standing up with locked voices. They're locked with locked arguments, and they can't fight. You have nothing to fight with then. So to be able to breathe the situation, to be able to breathe what's being said to you, to share it with the audience. If you're going to attack somebody, fine. Make sure that attack is witnessed. Just don't, And they'll go narrow mm. and try to put the enemy down instead of open up the battle. Politics is a battlefield, <laughs> and it's got to be a shared battlefield, so it's got to be broad and alive. Mm. 
That's an interesting statement, and I think that will probably set us up for the debates that are coming between the leaders. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of that, I, I want to apologize because we did uh, we did have a clip by Maxime Bernier, but we do have this clip. So let's listen to this now. This will be the last clip okay. we listen to before we uh, we wrap up things today. So this is Maxime Bernier. Pleased he'll be included in the debates. Half of Canadians wanted to hear from us, and Canadians will be able to look at all the options. And I can tell you that the People's Party is a real national party with serious reforms that needs to be done for a freer and a more prosperous country. Oh, it's a pity you don't have a clip for him in French. Um, mm. But I think in French he uh, is just fairly similar to that throat is very tight. Mm. That body is very tight. When he was a younger man, there was a wonderful flair in his voice. That flair is gone. Mm. And it's really tight. And uh, and I can hear why he didn't get the conservative. Mm. Mm. He's... he's uh, there's anger, mm. Mm. and I'm not sure what the anger is. Mm. <coughs> and I think a smuggler, smuggler's read of it is that he's he's creating a battle from himself. And I don't, we don't hear what's what. What are the big issues? Hmm. Interesting. David, it's been fascinating having you on the program once again. It's always interesting to have you here and to hear your thoughts and share your ideas uh, to give us a new perspective on how to look at ourselves and others and uh, make us all feel a little vulnerable, <laughs> you might say. It's a great pleasure. Uh, <laughs> I love the challenges <laughs> that you throw at me. <laughs> And it, it, it's, it is uh, a great pleasure. That was, again, the voice of David Smuckler. He was my guest today on Moment of Truth. And you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And uh, David is, again, one of the most senior voice teachers in the country. He's the founder and director of Canada's National Voice Intensive. You can find out more about him. And that's your show for today. It's been a pleasure to have you uh, with me once again, David. We look forward to having you on again next time. I also want to say nyawa miigwech wanishi and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa miigwech and thanks for listening.